that's so braven. If you don't listen to this podcast, do you know what happens? You get it. Okay. I feel good about that. <laughs> So Braven, we're going to do a special edition as we are coming off of Avengers Infinity War and WWE's Greatest Royal Rumble 2018 from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Both are whispers in the wind now. Um, it's been a long 12 hours. I saw Avengers Infinity War at midnight last night. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was just another highlight of Marvel having their absolute shit together when it comes to their movie division, the balancing act. I mean, that turned out better than you can imagine. And it's really hard to surprise people, especially comic book fans in 2018, such as people like myself. But not just the end, not just the beginning, not just the middle. I was completely shocked. And the audience sold out house, completely shocked when that movie ended last night. And that kind of feeling is all you can ask for. Uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable performances from the cast, unbelievable balancing act from the director, the producers, the writing team. The visual effects were fantastic. You can say what you will about Thanos. I thought he looked fantastic. The Infinity Stones. Everything came together. Ten years in the making. Marvel went all in on themselves and it paid off. Unbelievable. We will start with that, but first... Uh, we're going to start with the Avengers Infinity War, because I realize that, I'll, that a lot of you are going to be here just to hear about the Court of Nerds' thought on that, but we were also going to talk about the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble, five-hour long-ish show from Saudi Arabia today, very controversial. Um, uh, to me, it felt like a couple steps back on what this company was trying to accomplish in the past couple of years, not just with its women's division, but with its just kind of... The fact that anybody can be a WWE fan and that this is for everyone. And uh, this show was not for everyone. There were no women on the card. Sami Zayn of Syrian descent was not on the card. Finn Balor was not wearing his for everyone pride shirts. Uh, just, I got a bad taste in my mouth from the show. Uh, it was a botch fest itself. The greatest Royal Rumble match was a botch fest. Sloppy, 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 sloppy. The fact that they're putting... The greatest Royal Rumble 50-man thing in Royal Rumble actual canon is disgusting. That That's absolutely disgusting, and uh, we'll get into that because I'm pissed off. I'm, I mean, maybe pissed off is not the right word. I'm just a little disappointed. Ugh, I just, you know, I mean, what is there to say about that? This wasn't a show for everyone. You alienated half of your roster. You gave yourself two black eyes. I, I don't get it, you know? I... I understand that you're trying to make change from within, but I wouldn't have put on this big of a show without a little progressive and meet me in the middle from that government. Do a house show with your whole men roster, forget the Royal Rumble aspect, just give them a hell of a show and get out of there and hope for the best next year, but very disappointed, very disappointed. Before we get into that, let's give a shout out to Tom and Chi of Granville. I can't eat cheese, but you can. Go there, check it out. 
Delicious Sandwiches, Grand Rapids Comic Con in November of this year. Go to grcomiccon.com, check out the guest list, get all of that. Great show, first week of November this year. Just, just get in there, get in there. GR Comic Con, Mark Hodges runs the show the right way. Quarter um, uh, Nerds will not be attending Motor City Comic Con this year. Uh, apparently, we didn't buy enough Facebook likes likes to get two press passes this year. So sorry. Maybe we'll buy enough Russian bot likes next year, and Motor City will give us two press passes next year. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way real quick because people are going to be wondering what that's all about. We've covered Motor City Comic Con the last three years. I've had zero problems with them. Uh, John and I have covered it all three days. They're open start to finish. Gave them and their vendors pub, talked to their guests, hyped them up, spent money, and uh, they were only going to give us one press pass this year, and I told them to kind of shove it. If you're only going to give me, and because I asked for two, I said, it's pretty standard to get one for a photographer and uh, one for a writer. And that's, sorry if you heard that, my mic just kind of disconnected for a second there. But yeah, they were only going to give us one press pass, and I asked for two. I'm from the Detroit area. We, but they said, based on, I know you have a lot of followers on Twitter and Facebook, but the Court of Nerds doesn't have as many, and we're getting more interest than ever. So instead of making sure the people that have helped you get to where you are over the last couple of years, they're letting in the new guys that went on, want in on the fun when you start to get big. So I'm feeling very slighted by Motor City Comic Con. Uh, we will not be there this year. But uh, let's get into business. Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War, excuse me. Spoiler free, I'm not going to ruin this for anybody, I just want to say that it's unprecedented. Ten years in the making, there's Spider-Man, there's Thanos, there's Thor, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy, there's Captain America, there's Gamora, there's... It is just full. The Russo brothers and Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, hats off to you because that is 156 minutes of just smooth, exhilarating, fun action you're laughing you're crying you're you're hooked you're absolutely hooked i i will never forget that movie going experience last night because it was a sold out house in detroit and a lot of people are just there to say they're there so there's a lot of people on their phones from out throughout the movie and talking and commenting on things and kind of speaking out trying to get attention and get last in the crowd less 35 minutes of that movie silence the 15 minutes of credits waiting for the after credit scene yeah there's an after credit scene and it's worth it silence it was just um that was a movie going experience for the ages um wow lived up to the hype 10 years in the making i i, I can't believe how much they were able to not only juggle but to make sense and to make you care about you know you care about vision scarlet witch you care about hulk you care there's so much going on but it all fits together and it all makes sense Literally, like, every character you can think of is in this thing. <laughs> and that's not spoiling anything. If you've seen the trailers, you see what I'm talking about. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, it leaves you having no idea what's going to come next. And that's a first. That's an absolute first. You have no idea what's going to come next. Uh, Marvel, man. They nailed it. Infinity War. Uh, Miss Marvel comes out before the second part of this story. In 2019, that's cool. That's going to be a breath of fresh air. A breath of funny fresh air. Whew. Once again, though, Avengers Affinity War, I mean, this is a nerd-going experience. This is something that comic book fans, 
followers of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been waiting for, and it lives up to the hype. Don't follow your theater boys and your critics looking for Titanic 2 and stuff like that. They, they wouldn't understand this because they're not from our world. Trust me, this is a fantastic movie for anyone. Go out, get caught up on the stories, watch the Avengers and the Captain America movies, you'll be caught up. But for those that have been along for this entire ride, last night's premiere was a moment. You know, that, that Cody Rhodes, wrestler, said it best, that kind of felt like what seeing Empire Strikes Back must have felt like back in the day. You walk out like, I have no idea what's happening next, that was amazing, I need to see this again. Unfortunately, I saw it on standard screen. I bought my tickets very late because, uh, unfortunately, I had a long day yesterday. My dog of almost 19 years passed away, and yeah, but 19 years. Let's let's be real here. She's awesome, but uh, yeah, it was a long, tough day. But I still went and saw it at midnight. Bought a seat. Uh, I can't wait to check it out in IMAX 3D. Better sound, better picture. Because wow, it's a movie that if you see, you're going to see again. So. Hop on, get caught up if you're not caught up on that series. Uh, oh my god. I mean, sequ sequential storytelling, this is, this is what comic book fans have wanted their entire lives. Our lives have been made better by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our lives have been made more fun, more enjoyable. There's more things to look forward to. This is sequential storytelling done at its absolute best. And don't buy into your tomato meter and all that stuff like that. It looks like it's got an 84% right now after it premiered. People aren't going to get it. People aren't going to connect with it. This is a nerd podcast. I'm a comic book freak. I've got a Spider-Man poster on the wall behind me right now. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. This shirt, this this movie is for everyone. But this movie was a tribute to people like us. Because this is long-form storytelling. And a lot of people aren't going to understand that. And good. It's for us. <clears throat> now, with the happy stuff out of the way, let's get into the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble. And a lot of my issues with this show aren't even going to be what happened between the ropes or under the ring or outside of the ring. Because, yeah, it was sloppy, it was ugly, it wasn't very fun. It was a very long, drawn-out show that just wasn't very fun. But, uh, let's, let's just get right into it. Um, ugh. The women's division was not there because Saudi Arabia. The women's division allegedly... Somebody sent me something that Matt Durr actually sent me something that the women got paid to stay back or something. You know, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but if they did, good, because they deserve to get paid, because they should have been here. My main problem with the show is that the fact that the women division wasn't allowed to compete on the show or be at the show is a complete contradiction of what the WWE has been touting itself for and shoving down our throats for the better part of two to three years now. The women's revolution. The women's revolution. This was WrestleMania 2.0. This was counted as a Royal Rumble show. This was a five-hour-long show in a stadium that you called a pay-per-view, and you didn't have a single women's match on it in the middle of your women's revolution with performers like Becky Lynch, Bailey, Asuka, Charlotte, Carmella, Sasha Banks, Natalia. The list goes on and on and on and on, and they were sitting at home. This should have been a house show. This should not have been uh, hyped as a mammoth, big big, big, big show because you've got a black eye. You left your roster at home and while the women's division was tweeting their support of the show, don't buy into that. These are paid WWE employees. They're not going to badmouth their employer, especially over something as controversial as putting on a show without their division in Saudi Arabia. That I, it, 
I had to restrain myself several times from just like retweeting Sasha or somebody's tweet like, oh, I'm so inspired right now. Just hashtag ad. Like, come on, you guys should be there. You're really just going to lay down and take this? You guys should be there. You should be on that stage and don't sit here and say, oh, we might be there next year. We might be there the next year. Your bosses and your coworkers went there without you. They should not have done this big show without you. That is a step backwards. That is a misrepresentation of the women's revolution that this industry is trying to tout itself for. And before you go, well, New Japan doesn't do this. New Japan doesn't put its women's division on the forefront. Yeah, they haven't been touting and patting themselves on the back for a women's revolution for two to three years. WWE has, and they touted this like a mini Royal Rumble WrestleMania show. Shoved down our throats. Shoved down our throats. Inconsistent, contradictory, complete bullshit. I just can't believe it. And it just kept getting worse throughout the show. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Not only was the women's division not there and blindly supporting it via Twitter, but Sami Zayn wasn't there, of Syrian descent. You know, there's nothing confirmed into that, but maybe he turned it down. Maybe they didn't let him there. Maybe he wasn't allowed in. All I know is that your only wrestler of Syrian descent wasn't at this show. You know, maybe Sami has to be taken off of the show because of things the Saudi Arabian government supports. Because he is a Syrian-Canadian, and uh, he wasn't there. You know, that's a bad look. Uh, Finn Balor comes to the ring during the ladder match, not wearing his For Everyone shirt. He's been selling and wearing this rainbow-colored inclusive shirt. But here he comes to the ring in Saudi Arabia, not wearing it. Backwards. Black eye. Step in the wrong direction. This was a step in the wrong direction for WWE and a short-sighted, misguided cash grab. I don't care what you say. Yeah, they can't make change from the outside, but they could have said, we're not coming until you let our women compete here, or you let Sammy compete here. I'm not sure what the whole Sammy thing is. I'm just saying, he wasn't there. The women weren't there. Finn wasn't wearing his For Everyone shirt. You're not making any changes. You just complied with all the Saudi Arabian government's laws. You just did everything that they've been doing for years. Yeah, there were women in the crowd. Yeah, there were children in the crowd. Yeah, there were men and women sitting together. But you just complied. You didn't change anything. Now, we're talking in the present right now. I don't know what the future holds, but here's what Triple H had to say, and I thought it was interesting. I understand that people are questioning it, but you have to understand that every culture is different, and just because you don't agree with a certain aspect of it, it doesn't mean it's not a relevant culture. You can't dictate to a country or religion about how they handle things. But having said that, WWE is at the forefront of a women's evolution in the world, and what you can't do is affect change anywhere by staying away from it. You can't affect change when you leave your women at home. You sign Ronda Rousey. You've got Asuka. You've got Ric Flair's daughter, who might be the greatest women's performer of all time already. This... There was, you could have done so many things, and I'm just wondering what the hell WWE was thinking here. Because not only did they not bring their women to the show, and not only did they just comply with the Saudi Arabian government, they didn't do anything to fix it. There should have been like a women's mega show scheduled for this weekend on the WWE Network or something, with an all-women's mega show. There's another milestone for you to check off and to pat yourself on the back for. I mean, seriously, you could have done that in the States. 
I mean, you missed the opportunity to put Charlotte and Asuka on last. Boom. Then you go to Saudi Arabia and don't even bring your women with you. Boom. And then there's not even an opportunity for them to be on a bigger stage. There should have been an all-women's pay-per-view. And it, maybe it should have replaced Backlash. Maybe it should have been tomorrow. Maybe it should have been Sunday. I'm recording this 6 o'clock uh, Friday, right after the Greatest Royal Rumble. I'm just saying nothing was done to correct this, this misguided cash grab decision. Wrong. It just feels so wrong. I hate myself that I had this show on in the background while I work today. Well, while we're here, we might as well get into the actual freaking show. I did not watch the Triple H and John Cena match. Uh, I sh started a little late. I caught the end of the Cedric Alexander and Callisto match. Fun. Those two are good together. Of course they are. Uh, we went into the tag team match with Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus The Bar. Uh, Bray and Matt won in very just terrible fashion in a predictable match. I'm not... They, they need to figure... You know, do you guys need some help finishing out... Figuring out finishing moves, because the wheelbarrow slow motion twist of fate, that's not a finishing move. Like, seriously, do a twist of fate and have Bray hit the uh, running senton. Have Bray hit Sister Abigail and have Matt hit his leg drop. You know, there's there's better options than a slow motion wheelbarrow stunner. Like, it was terrible. Just absolutely terrible, but... Bray and Matt, your new Raw Tag Team Champions, as Sheamus and Cesaro on the bar go to SmackDown... I was a turd of a match. Speaking of turds, uh, Jinder Mahal and Jeff Hardy. A lot of people trying to blame Jinder Mahal on Twitter for this match, but uh, Jeff Hardy looked absolutely terrible. Uh, you know, he was able to have good matches with Jinder the last two weeks, but not tonight. And I can't believe that people are just going to point the finger at Jinder here. Jeff went up for the whisper in the wind, and Jinder sold it. Let me just point this out. If Jinder doesn't sell it, it's his fault. Jinder sells it, it's still his fault. Jeff Hardy was slow, he was off, he wasn't, I, it just was slow. There was nothing special about this match. It was a house show, sold-in performance that just, terrible, absolutely terrible. Then we had our prayer, prayer break as uh, JR, Jerry Lawler, Booker T, and Byron Saxton did a little awkward thrown-together duct-taped panel. Uh, you find something better for JR if you're going to give him money. My God, what the hell? It was just weird. Then you go into Usos and Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers retain. Very standard tag team match. Nothing special here. And finally, we get into the Fatal 4-Way Ladder match with Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, The Miz, and Seth Rollins. <sighs> Excuse me. This was not your uh, very classic, straightforward, high-spot ladder match. It just went for cheap pop, cheap pop, cheap pop, and violence, violence, violence. Car crash, car crash, car crash. This was a match about four characters who know each other very well. We're very good at what they do. This was a fantastic match. I loved it. It was back and forth. It was fast. It was slow. Had a little bit of everything. There were big spots. There were classic spots. I just, um, you know, it was just a very solid, uh, very solid, very, very solid ladder match. And uh, I liked what uh, uh, Fightful said. It was a 1990s style ladder match. You know, you had your spots, but you had your wrestling still. And it was four characters that mattered. And I, I really liked that. I really liked that a lot. So... That was something that I really enjoyed, and the finish, oh man, the finish, Seth jumps out of nowhere, steals the title from Finn, Finn gets busted open in the process, very good stuff here, you know, obviously we kind of knew what was going to happen, Finn Balor hit a nice coup de grace on the Miz while he was on the ladder, Joe was Joe, everyone did their stuff here, this was like the match of the night by far and away, no botches really, just solid, solid, solid stuff. Uh, we had the four standout prospects from the tryouts in Jeddah earlier in the week and the Davari brothers, which was kind of cool to see, but it was a, a cheap Iran 
for Saudi Arabia pop. And apparently the TV broadcast in Saudi Arabia cut it off at this point because of the growing tensions between the countries. I saw that on Twitter, so... I'm glad we can squeeze in cheap heat for Iran, but can't bring Sami Zayn, the women's division, or Finn's rainbow shirts. That's awesome. <laughs> WWE Championship match between Nakamura and AJ Styles. What do you... I mean, this is another three-star match between these guys. Yeah, there was an actual story this time. Yeah, there was actual emotion this time, but it ended in double count-out. And just... I mean, it just sets up another match. It just sets up another match at Backlash between these two for the championship. And it's just, you know, whatever. I, I, I had a hard time getting into things in this show. As you can see, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best here. I watched the damn thing, but... And then you get the weird-ass Rusev and The Undertaker match. And my biggest takeaway from this was Rusev got more offense than John Cena did on Undertaker. And this match got a solid amount of time which was a good sign for Undertaker. Maybe that means he's healthy. Maybe that means he's feeling good because he took some hits, did some work, went some time, got the win, spiked Aiden English on his forehead. Pretty nasty with the tombstone, but it looked like Aiden was okay. Solid little fun match. Whatever, you know? Everyone knew Undertaker was going to win that casket, so there you go. There you go. Cool spot for Rusev. Uh, one thing I want to note here, there was no double duty in the Greatest Royal Rumble tonight. 50 guys in that Greatest Rumble, no double duty from the undercard. They can't even do that on the Royal Rumble. Very interesting. Very weird show. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, at Benjamin S. Raven, the end to the steel cage match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal title. Mm, Michael Cole, baby. <laughs> I mean, just a... A, a moist, stinky turd of a match. Uh, Roman spears Brock through the cage door. And both guys land on top of the cage. Roman rolls off clearly first onto the mat. Brock is still laying with his back and his hands on the broken piece of steel cage. And Michael Cole is screaming, You've got to get both feet on the floor, not the cage, to win. So... Roman hits the floor clearly first. I've got two beautiful screen caps of that. Roman clearly hits the mat first. Brock is declared as the winner, even though he's just laying on the cage. Just, oh my god. This has got to continue still. They've got to give us more of this. It's just F5, kick out, Superman punch, spear, kick out. Spear countered into F5, kick out. Uh, German suplex, German suplex, German suplex. Uh, just, this wasn't shocking. It wasn't good. And they've messed up the finish. Now I gotta talk about this 50-man Royal Rumble match that resulted in a trophy and green belt for Braun Strowman. Yeah, that's right. Braun Strowman won this one and not the actual Royal Rumble. So there you guys, there you guys go. Uh, Daniel Bryan came out first. He lasted a very long time, and is actually listed as the longest entrant ever into a Royal Rumble because this is like, apparently the 50-man Greatest Royal Rumble is Royal Rumble canon, and that makes me want to barf. Because that is, this is not a Royal Rumble. This is not a Royal Rumble. You just devalued the actual Royal Rumble with that, with that viewpoint, with that canon. And you, you also just made this show, you tried to prop the show up as even more, uh, more important to you. Your women are at home. Sami Zayn's not there. Finn's not allowed to be Finn. Propon uh, I'm just very disappointed in the WWE for this. I'm just very disappointed. You tried, but you failed. Uh, the match is whatever. I mean, it was just a botch fashion of jobber, jobber, jobber. I mean, 
The cologne gets a chance, botches it. Titus comes to the ring, literally trips and falls under the ring. The highlight of the 50-man Greatest Rumble match is Titus tripping, tripping and falling under the mat and Braun killing Shane with a choke slam off the top rope through the announce table to eliminate Shane. You know, whatever. I mean, we had a sumo wrestler. One of the stakes and weight guys was out there having machinery. Tucker was there. Otis wasn't there, the guy that people actually want to see. No offense. The last two are Big Cass and Braun. Braun wins. Big Cass eliminates Daniel Bryan, who got bloodied up to hell on his arm and chest by Great Khali. Braun wins. Vince looks uncomfortable as absolute shit in the ring as he hands Braun the giant trophy and belt and fireworks go off. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Avengers Infinity War. Good. Greatest Royal Rumble. Contradictory bullshit. They should not have been there without their women. They should not have been there without... Sammy, they should not have been there yet. And that's not that I don't see the value in this. I understand that this was about the fans, giving these fans something cool. These kids got to see Randy Orton, John Cena, Triple H, and The Undertaker for the first time. Yeah, that's cool. But you have been propping yourself up as a company for everyone. Um, as, you know, Triple H said it. We're in the height of a women's evolution in this industry, and you left your women at home in a show that you propped up as a big, 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 big deal. And that's not okay to me. So, yeah.